Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is an artist and comedian you've seen on Comedy Central. His current YouTube channel is Reboot It. feel like I need to enunciate that. So people aren't going on YouTube and looking for rebooted. Uh, But it is always a pleasure to have with us, no matter how you say it. Ladies and gentlemen, warm welcome for Mr. Ed Greer. Welcome, sir. Ah, yay. You got to put in the crowd effects. uh, (laughs) But thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been it's been a while. Like uh, and and, uh, I'm, I'm eager to contribute to this conversation today, David. Well, thank you so much. It, I think it will be enlightening in so many ways. So, uh, <laughs> no, it is, a, it is an interesting week. So very glad to have you on, as well as our next panelist, comedian, writer, actress, and trekker. Always a pleasure to have Clee Wiggins with us. Welcome, Clee. Hello, everybody in Radio Land. <laughs> and... And Radio Land Adjacent. <laughs> and Radio Land Adjacent. For, for those familiar with LA real estate listings. Thank you for being here. Uh, like I was saying, uh, Fred, also very great to have you with us on such a week as this, especially. It's my so, pleasure to be here. Thank you. And <laughs> as always, we are joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason. It is always a pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. And my people are on again on Saturday. It is good to have. Get that going. Yes, sir. <laughs> a, a nice way to spend Shabbat. Uh, yeah. I'm just working the wrong room with some of these jokes, I think. But that's that's all right. I do that frequently because I'm Dr. David Robinson. You're Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse and how soon it's coming, whether it's slowing down, who knows? Maybe we'll figure that out over the course of the next hour or so because we do have a lot to talk about. But first, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community (laughs) spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
and new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread Variants. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread Variants. The UK variant goes great with period dramas and tea with milk in it. The California variant, made with avocados from Mexico. And the Brazilian variant that goes down so smooth it's like there's nothing there. Unmitigated Spread Variants. It's time for another peak. Speaking of time, it is the 17th Saturday of the new year, and being the 24th of April, that also means it's National Pool Opening Day, National Sense of Smell Day, and National Rebuilding Day, which, if everything goes right with that last one, means next year we'll actually be able to celebrate National Pool Opening Day and National Sense of Smell Day. Just that those, like, coming out of a pandemic, those just seem like national days that are just a, a kick in the teeth. Like, let's just remind people of how great things used to be. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of, of things that have been happening recently, it is a national pigs in a blanket day, which probably refers to the snack, but it may also refer to all the cops who were traumatized this week by the Derek Chauvin verdict. We are 94 days into the Biden administration, and as of today, we've got... Timpani. 570,746 Americans dead from the coronavirus, and 32,019,467 confirmed cases with about 137.2 million people having gotten at least one dose of the vaccine, with about 91.2 million of them fully vaccinated. So things are going in the right direction, and uh, it's not just the numbers uh, on the good side, on the vaccinated side that are going up. Those are going up in larger margins Every week, whereas the uh, number of people getting sick and dying still still going up. But uh, those numbers are actually getting a little smaller each week for now. We do have we do have a lot of stupid people out there who are continuing the spread. And uh, we, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. People who, who are regular listeners will know from last week that, uh, like myself, Timon is uh, also fully vaccinated, and uh, I learned I I was mistaken in thinking that uh, Clea and Ed were you'd gotten your second shots, but I didn't think you were you know at, at full vaccination two weeks past. Otherwise, I would have invited you to be in studio today with the caveat that because of the uh, Armenian observance. Um, traffic and parking would be a bitch. So it would have been a, an earnest invite, but with the warning, but you guys are, you're fully vaccinated now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I work on Saturdays now. So. Ah, it, it, Techni- technically guys, I'm at work. It's, you know, <laughs> I always, you know, I always feel like it's just Flintstones brain or something, but like there should be some sort of animal serving the function of a household appliance that just turns and says, it's a living, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, and she, uh, she definitely made sure that I got uh, vaccinated, but you know, I think the numbers are continually going up because people can't wait the time 
that it takes to, for the you know vaccine to fully kick in. So I think we're getting some vaccinated super spreaders, you know, yeah. that are kind of like getting something that they can't be symptomatic with or whatever and going over. And then like we we had a, a friend move out of California, as people are, are want to do these <laughs> days. And uh, he and he and his wife have been fully vaccinated. And, you know, the two weeks has elapsed and everything. So we are the same. So we went over and said goodbye to him. And, you know, but then they had their little buddy come over looking like a goddamn Jesse James. You know what I'm saying? They got the whack ass mask. Don't even work. <laughs> Damn old West train robbing mask. So this fool come in wearing his train robbing mask. And we got squirrely and started moving to the different corners of the room. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I guess I got to leave because I'm not fully vaccinated. And he's like, and I was like, I don't want to make you feel like a second class citizen just because you are. But I don't. <laughs> I don't need your ass in my face look like Jesse That's James with this bullshit. No, can I? Fuck out of here. I, you know, this is one of the things that I, I'm tired of getting guilt tripped for being right. You know, it, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you worried that I'm spreading spores all over everything because I don't believe in vaccinations and I don't take precautions? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that is exactly how I feel. It's right. I, I think there's a good way to break into the news because two of the stories, one a little more local, uh, the other, well, it's all local news somewhere. But um, there's there's been a lot of talk in California over the past months about having a a recall election for for the governor, uh, which which is it's ridiculous and it you know it's basically a bunch of like. Trump fans and Nazis, one and the same largely, who are trying to do a Republican takeover of of California. So for for anyone who's like supporting uh, a recall, that's that's who you're signing up with, kids. So uh, go have fun with your new Nazi friends. But uh, it was it was announced just the other day that that Caitlyn Jenner. Speaking of the Armenian genocide, that uh, Caitlyn Jenner is going to run for governor of California. Uh, in an unrelated story, but I am going to tie this all together, as part of the whole investigation into uh, corrupt Congressman Matt Gates, it was revealed this week that a lot of the corruption around him, you know, while it did involve, you know, sleeping with underage girls, allegedly, also may have all been a whole grift thing of like medical marijuana proponents trying to pay him off. So the the question that, that joins these two issues together is, are the conservatives just fucking with us now by trying to ruin medical weed and standing up for trans people? Hmm. It'll be an <laughs> ultimate troll job. <laughs> I mean, I that is that is one thing I will say um, about uh, about Caitlyn Jenner running for oh, for governor is I I mean you guys know me like I I'm a dick but not like based on anyone's sexuality or race you know and I as, <laughs> as far as assholes go I'm among the nicer ones but I I am so tired of people being virtually sainted. Because they are, you know, in a minority class, you know, it's like, 
people people of all bent well right but i think she's trying to take advantage of the whole idea that oh well you know the the woke folks are like think trans people can do no wrong and it's like Mm -hmm. no like take the trans off that you're still a person and Mm -hmm. people do wrong all the time doesn't matter if you're black white jewish trans any of the lgbtq plus a whatever other letters you throw in there for the most part, we are all human, and that means we are all susceptible to being idiots, being wrong, and being, I don't know, just fucked up in so many other ways that people manage to be. Uh-huh. So I I am kind of excited that maybe Caitlyn Jenner's candidacy will bring people around to the idea that, hey, trans people are people. Just like you and me, you know, it's, they, they are not to be put on a pedestal just for who they are. Well, yeah, I mean, I completely concur with that. She, just because she's trans doesn't mean she's going to be a good governor. Um, I don't have to, it doesn't make me not woke to not vote for her. Like, and I don't, and I think it's cynical. I think there's a cynicism to this candidacy it's not, and I mean, to, to run, you know, for her running, and then she can then attempt to chastise people who are woke, who were like, well, I'm not, because that's like, that's not the only thing she has. Like, right. you don't, woke people, which I hate that word, though, but people who see everybody as humans and as, as deserving of rights, don't vote for people simply because they fit into a neat category. I mean... And, and, you know, you know, that, and, and, and when we do, it's very rare, like, obviously, a lot of black people voted for Barack Obama, simply because he was black, but they don't do the same, they wouldn't have done it, if he didn't also echo things that that they care about. Most black people in this country are Democrats. They wouldn't vote for Tim Scott. So the people who were registered showed up in droves to vote for the first Democratic, you know, you know, electable Democratic black president. It's, you know, we, you know, we didn't show up in droves to vote for Jesse Jackson because mm-hmm. nobody, because everybody was like, Jesse Jackson don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't vote up in droves to vote for black Republicans because we know like they don't, he, like, he's not going to represent our interests. He's part of a party that doesn't represent the interests of most black people in this country. It's like, it's cynical, I think, for her to, in a way, but I don't know exactly what her platform is either. I mean, if she's not. If she's not, I mean, she hasn't started chastising people, so I can't really say. But to me, it, there's a cynicism there that I, I'm sure is going to come out eventually. Because if she loses, she can say it's because she's trans. And if she wins, then she's some sort of trans, you know, hero for Republicans who can then point to her and say, look, she's in our party and here she is governor of California. Yeah. I- and I don't think, I mean, and trans w- women are, um, are not that easily fooled. You know, <laughs> uh, how, how, oh, so I like, think it's in the, yeah, she's not going to get every trans person in California to vote for her either. Well, they're already pissed at her. They're, I mean, the trans people are already stating it as well as the gays that they're mm-hmm. like, you're not who we would think to, you know, we know you and mm-hmm. no, you just can't go and just do a switch up. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to think that you should be governor. I mean, yeah. I was at, you know, when they were doing the, um, 
talking about the recall. And I told you there, I came out of Walmart and the brother was there with the clipboard and says, oh, we're recalling Newsom. Come on, bro, sign up. And I said, I just, I just said to him, who are you going to replace him with? <laughs> yeah. And he said, he had nothing to say. And I said, dude, you just can't. I'm not going to just replace this guy. Mm-hmm. And then you just, I don't even know who you have in mind. And if they're just a bunch of Republicans, they're going to ride off of what Newsom has already done. Okay, you got to be in the fight. Yeah, he wasn't perfect, but he didn't bow to Trump and he didn't really kick. And now we're ahead. So what, mm-hmm. you're going to come in now after everybody's damn near vaccinated? I mean, in California well? right now, we do have the lowest COVID numbers in in the country, I believe. So, oh, yeah. you know, despite, you know, some of the not as smart people down in Orange County and in the middle of the state. So uh, we're we're getting there. But, yeah. I, you know, when going back to the, the Caitlyn Jenner thing, uh, do you I mean, it's easy to to paint, you know, all or most Republicans as as bigots and. Like I was saying earlier, not going to feel guilty for it because that's just the evidence right in front of my face. But do you think the trans thing is going to hurt her with her her target demo of of yeah? I don't think she's disaffected win. Republicans, but but and if she does, I think she'll be marginalized within the party. So more power to you, Caitlin. Go go for it, girl. But I don't think it's going to work out the way that she would want. Yeah, not not going to get her on another box of Wheaties. It's. it's I mean, just she's not, not. going to like. They're not. They're going to misgender her. They're going to. They're going to shunt her to the side. They're they're not going to listen to her if she goes to any governor, you know, caucuses or all the little governor meetups that all the governors go to together. She's going to, you know. Well, just the sheer number of possible jokes of of governors caucus. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh lord <laughs> let's not step on that landmine i did say i'm an uh, asshole right <laughs> i can i can i think that. within like the state assembly you know she's not going to be necessarily respected by republicans in the, in the state even though i mean republicans in the state are fairly progressive compared to other republicans across the country well, but yeah, I mean, you know, minus folks like, like Kevin McCarthy and Devin Nunez. <laughs> I mean, but they're still not going to, you know, back her up the way that she would need to be to be an effective governor. So I don't I don't understand what she thinks she's going to achieve. But I also think this is another sort of Donald Trumpian ploy that uh, she doesn't necessarily want to be governor. And this is a way to just up her speaking fees. And yeah. she'll be just as shocked as Donald Trump was when he won. Except that I don't think she'll be as ineffectual a leader as he is because she's not a, an utter idiot. She's just a jackass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think yeah, he kind of nailed it. <laughs> Ed, your thoughts? Uh, like you know, I I just I I echo the sentiments that it seems like it's a cynical thing, and I echo the sentiments that you know. Republicans have always been the leaders in calling any sort of progress virtue signaling. You know, it's like it's like as soon as as soon as they saw one white dude stop beating a black slave, they're like, "Oh, look at this guy virtue signaling, trying to tell me he's a good guy." <laughs> what an asshole, man! You need to keep beating him like you was before we got these cameras over here. You know what I mean? They're just very much 
about the symbolism of actions rather than the actuality of them, which is politics in a nutshell, or Republican politics to a T. And they love to point to Ben Carson or Don Cheadle as the Iron Patriot in the Marvel movies or whatever conservative icons they have that aren't just white guys. Right. They love to put them on a pedestal and, 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 and say, look, we're inclusive as long as you're mentally not inclusive. You know what I mean? You could be a different body type, a different orientation, a different lifestyle. But as long as you're mentally a pod person that thinks that poor people <laughs> deserve to die, as long as we can establish certain basic facts. So they've been like that for a long time. Yeah. You know? I mean, they've accepted uh, Latin people, Indian people, Asian people, anybody that says white people are the best, they love. So Caitlyn Jenner is not a white people aren't the best person. You know, she's not a revolutionary. You know, she isn't trying to change uh, anything beyond the Republican status quo. So, I mean, in a sense, it's a step up for ideology over identity. <laughs> but it's the smallest step. It's it's a curb. It's not even a real step. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I guess, a, a little concerned about, you know, just the Republicans and like you were saying, they, they're all about the talk, not about the action. And I think there are enough disaffected woke people who are going to take that outreach, you know, because they're too dumb to know better. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll definitely see, but I, I definitely agree with Clee that a lot of political candidacy candidacy these days is about upping your speaking fees. You know, if you can, I mean, I, I hate the fact that I'm from Missouri. I love guns. I used to hunt and fish all day. I like me a pair of Oakley sunglasses. You know, <laughs> I, I could be one of them damn Republican grifters and we wouldn't be in, a, in an apartment right now. I have a damn house. Me and Candace Owens going on tour. Negroes are broken. Starring Ed Greer and Candace Owens. You know? But I just can't do it. And I think there is more and more people who are seeing so-called identity politics. And they're you know, Herschel Walker's son. Herschel Walker's son is on TikTok all day claiming that black people are broken. He's a black and I guess he's biracial. But he grew up rich, and it's obvious in how he talks and how he thinks. And yeah, he gets on TikTok he's all day. Too, isn't he? uh, yes, sir. And so, yeah. as a black gay man, he he talks about how broken the ghetto is and how we're responsible for getting shot all the time uh, ourselves. And if you just comply, he's a he's he he, he got a uh, he's got a whole speaking engagement about black people being broken. You know, so I could I could definitely see uh, Caitlyn Jenner already came out against certain um, LGBTQ rights and and sort of a she's like she's like a moderate on gay rights as a trans woman. It's like what what what? <laughs> so I so again uh, everything we've said uh, applies. It's a little cynical, but it's also I hate the Republicans being so stupid because sometimes they come off so smart because it's quite smart to put the liberals into uh, the bucket of cynical assholes who don't believe that anybody would ever do anything to do to virtue. It's quite ingenious to put us in that bucket because that's where they've occupied this whole time. So now that they can pretend that, hey, you know, 
this isn't cynical. We put up a candidate. The candidate's going to do their thing. See, but these people are just rejecting them. You know, it's, that's you know what I mean. That's the thing. There's a, there there is a difference between you know being. Well, I mean, I I think question everything, you know, but if it's right in front of your face, you know, there is an inclination to believe. But there's a difference between you know believing that everybody out there is is running a scam and trying to pull one over on you and knowing that there is a group of people who are associated with a political party and or belief that are known for always trying to pull one over on you and so you know it's like no it you know it's kind of like the people the, on the previous incarnation of the show, uh, there there was a, a conservative on the panel one day who was saying that I I was anti-woman because I was giving Sarah Palin grief. And this goes back to the whole marginalized sainthood thing that I was getting at earlier. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you know, just because I support women's rights doesn't mean that I support every woman just because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And there, there is a big part of me that doesn't necessarily believe that for a lot of Republicans, this is them trying to like be tricky. And I think a lot of them are genuinely stupid enough to believe that, Oh, well they say they're, they're for women's rights. So they have to believe all women and and support every woman. So let's run a woman for office. As long as it's a woman who does everything we tell her to do, it's going to be fine. But that you know that some of it is virtual virtue signaling. Some of it is just them really being that stupid as to think that it's going to work. But you see stuff like some of the uh, the voting election shenanigans that have recently been unveiled from Florida, uh, where the Republicans were running ghost candidates or, you know, real people. Uh, there was one guy who had virtually the same name as the Democrat on the ballot and they, you know, Whoa. bribed him to run, <laughs> which is, you know, it's illegal, but these people still get a shitload of votes, mm-hmm. you know, because uninformed voters or just ignorant people. So, you know, they're, they're they're stupid for believing that, but there's an, enough people to prove them right that they keep doing it. Yeah, well right. said. Moral of the story, kids: stop being stupid. By the way, <laughs> uh, did I don't know if you guys have Disney Plus, but uh, the 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 season finale of of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Something that I found really interesting, and I'm I'm I've been thinking about this all morning, and like, how do I explain this in a spoiler-free way in case anyone is going to watch it but hasn't? But in the in the mid-credits sequence, someone who has been a good guy on mm-hmm. on the side of of freedom and and the ideal America that you know people want turns out to be uh, a bad guy uh, mm-hmm. and and against all that freedom. And when that cutscene ended, it went back into the credits and the first thing to come up was the filmed in Georgia logo. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, 
<laughs> there, there are a lot of things that'll get by me on screen. Like as part of the plot, I was talking to one of my neighbors. He was like, you know, a lot of the CGI is just really bad. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I Maybe it's the weed. Maybe I'm just like so involved in this story that I, I give bad CGI a pass or I just don't notice it. But that just stood out like a sore thumb to me. And I know Marvel and uh, a lot of other companies are not boycotting Georgia for their attempts to to stifle the black vote and liberal vote. But I'm wondering, are they, well, we're not going to boycott the state because we are providing a lot of people with jobs, but we'll get our digs in. Yeah, they're definitely getting their digs in and Disney is backing them up on that. From everything I've heard, um, both like from people on the ground who actually work at like Tyler Perry Studios and just from what I read, Marvel, like just because they're staying doesn't mean they're happy about what's going on there. Right. So, well, and it's I, not. I, I'm not, yeah, I'll, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, there's stuff that I just can't release. I'm, I'm not at liberty to say, but no, I think, you know, that's, it's if you're going to do some sort of a, uh, a protest from within the system, I guess mm-hmm. that's the way to do it is, you know, you keep I mean, hiring a, people and make power. So it's not like Georgia can just take it lightly. Right. But it's as we saw with uh, Major League Baseball pulling the all-star game, you know, and of course mm-hmm. the conservatives, you know, whined about cancel culture. But, you know, they do have a point that there are a lot of local businesses and little guys uh, who traditionally Democrats and liberals are looking out for that are going to be financially hurt by the choice to, to take the game out of Atlanta. But, you know, it's... I mean, Stacey Abrams didn't want it gone. She didn't want them to leave. Yeah. I'd, I yeah, guess, you know, there there yeah. are better ways to, to hurt the state. <laughs> but, but, you know, that was just baseball, though. Baseball made that decision on their own. That didn't come from right. what the people were pushing. And baseball just said, you know what? We got to be here. And we just, you know, everybody says that they don't want politics and sports. Well, that was, we can go back to when you didn't even allow a brother to even play sports. Okay. You didn't allow him to come in. I had to prove to you I could hit a fucking baseball. Really? And now all of a sudden, now you're saying, oh, that they're just supposed, they have a platform. The athletes have a platform. And the owners get it. They work with us. We work with them. What do you want? We want for our people to you one for you guys to stop screwing us on votes and stop killing our people. We asked you this long time ago. We've been asking for this for years, but you don't want us to say anything. So guess what? Now we're going to hit you in your pocket. And the corporations who've been making their money, you know, it's kind of like when Zuckerberg decided he's, he's going to start you know, and what Twitter did. And they finally took Trump off. But they did it after they made their money. Mm-hmm. Now they say, OK, OK, we know no more Trump. No more this. Well, there, so baseball gets it. Yeah, there are still workarounds, too. You know, I was reading an article about Alex Jones and his you know diminishing sphere of influence. And he's he's banned from Facebook, but people are still allowed to post you know, Alex Jones videos on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, he's being sued too. Yeah. Well, by multiple people for multiple reasons and couldn't, yeah. couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, I mean, but that's the thing. I don't want to, I, 
as continually probably one of the most conservative people on the panel, it bothers me that we don't have any designation for entertainment with no news value. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it seems like these idi- idiotic propagandists like Alex Jones and to a certain extent like Joe Rogan put out basically misinformation as entertainment, but because we are so stupid and we get all of our news from entertainment, right? All of a sudden, we got to police this idiot in his basement. Talk about lizard people! I like we're policing <laughs> real news. Like we're freaking Patty Chayefsky writing Network. All of a sudden, we have to hold Alex Jones to a journalistic. People should be able to watch his idiocy and be like, this is hilarious. Pop some popcorn. I'm not saying we should reward that. I'm not saying we as a society should give people like that or Ben Shapiro or whatever money. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that the right to be an idiot should never be taken away. No, true. But but there's there's <laughs> a reason I, I Vince I, I McMahon isn't fielding Olympic teams. You know, there's, there's yeah. like Olympic wrestling is not jumping off a turnbuckle and slamming someone with a, with a folding chair that like the Alex Jones and that shit, it is, it is pro wrestling. It is, it is scripted drama masquerading as competitive you know, well, politics and news for him and actual competitive sports for for wrestling. And yes, it's I mean, wrestling is a it's a stunt show. It's like if you go to Universal, it's cowboys falling off the Wild West set, you know, after getting shot. They're not actually getting shot. And there's there's a big, you know, air pad behind those hay bales. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just it's just one of these things where it's like now. So many of these grifters on different sides of the aisle, frankly, can just decide that their funny program is news. And we just accept, and I think I've railed against this on the show before. I just, I don't understand that. I, I think obviously you can have an entertainment program from a liberal point of view that is news based. And then you say entertainment stuff around it, which I trust this is what this is. And, you know, I get that. That's what we aim like, for anyway. <laughs> We don't, we, don't, we don't have we don't have I just hate that we have to like tell people not to take whole bottles of Tylenol and chase them with a ghost pepper and then jump into traffic. You know what I mean? I, I hate that we have to put explicit warnings at every step to make people not do that. Mm-hmm. I just I think that's the downfall of society, man, is that we have to go to the lowest common denominator all the time. Now there's gonna be like cigarette warning labels on the Daily Show and Alex Jones. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I, I, mean, I don't know how we get back to actual news, actual impartial information with with minimal slant shot directly at people for their for informational purposes. It seems like that is utterly gone. And I think that's why we end up having to regulate Joe Rogan. So he can't say, oh, HGH makes your wiener bigger and makes you fly. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, we, we got to keep people off the rooftops because because freaking Joe Rogan said HGH makes you fly. I'm, you know I'm wondering I mean? it's because I haven't uh, haven't seen any of the commercials lately, but I'm wondering if like there has to be you know, even a small print super on Red Bull commercials. Red Bull does not actually give you wings. It does say that. <laughs> yeah. And, the, you know, it isn't 
just the the quote unquote stupid people, which it certainly is. But the the people who are supposed to be smart, I don't know if you uh, guys remember a few years ago, there was a documentary following Mitt Romney on the campaign trail. And there's a clip where he's trying to iron his shirt while he's still wearing it. And it's like, I, I thought you were supposed to be smart, dude. It's, you know, these these warning labels that, you know, you would think should legally be followed up with duh they they apply to even the the allegedly smart people in the room uh, I, I guess Mitt Romney was me in college uh, <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of times I was like I gotta be somewhere in 10 minutes and I don't have time so I'm gonna just iron the parts that you can see right. I'm gonna iron the chest part and I'm gonna wear my blazer and we are gonna get to work damn right yeah there are ways around it but yeah you don't do it. You do not iron the parts that you can see while you're wearing it. <laughs> One of those safety tips that, you know, I mean, Sylvia Plath was not like, you know, wasn't because she didn't read the warning label on the oven. That was deliberate. But, you know, for a lot of people, you might have to, you know, oven warning. Do not put head inside. Just a <laughs> warning. <laughs> I don't know. People are idiots. But getting so we, you know, we sort of got off track. But with the Matt Gates thing and a lot of this seeming like it was a attempted bribery from the medical or not even the medical marijuana industry, but certain players in the industry, like this hand surgeon, marijuana entrepreneur, uh, Florida man who took Matt Gates to the Bahamas with allegedly underage girls and stuff. But are, are conservatives ruining weed? Are they what? <laughs> are they ruining weed? Like, like there are bands that I really enjoy, but I will not go see live because I fucking hate the crowds. Like the people that go to see them, I'll listen to their music, you know, till the end of the day, but I just, I don't want to be around those people and conservatives moving into weed. Uh, is this going to be a boon for the weed delivery service? Are they are they ruining weed for us? They're going to ruin it because they have they're so humorless that they they they're not going to enjoy weed and market weed <laughs> in a way that is fun for people. So they're going to ruin it like they ruin, you know, drinking. They're going to ruin it like they ruined like like places like Starbucks. You know, what I mean, where it's like you know Starbucks used to be sort of a even in conservative places, you know, when Starbucks first started before, like, um, you know, super conservative people like truly discovered it, you know, I'm talking like, you know, 20 years ago, because like when I was in college, I worked in coffee shops all the time. Uh, and that was 20 years ago, even though I don't like to admit that. <laughs> and uh, it was like, it was still like the, the only, cause like conservative and Republican types, they bought their coffee at the grocery store and they didn't drink like lattes and stuff in like I'm talking like in the mid 90s to the right. you know early 2000s they were still like you know drinking you know the the most you know fancy that they got was literally a, like dunkin donuts coffee which is delicious but you know that was like that was they weren't stepping foot like I would work Yeah no they were drinking in, in real Atlanta, american you know, in coffee you know I went Grown to in Columbia. And the, you know I worked at a coffee shop there and it was a chain it was a southern chain but it was a chain and they Everybody who came in there and bought coffee there were mostly like just the hippies who either never left the South or moved to the South or came home to the South after they, you know, 
So and, and then all of a sudden you get you get it in there and then you have them like saying they're going to boycott Starbucks because they've decided to go with Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. They're going to ruin it like that. Like it's it, they're going to ruin it by making it bo- like making it like needing it for the weep is to become this sort of cookie cutter boring place. So we're going to see, you know, chains of of weed shops that look like a Starbucks and it's like like Medmen. <laughs> yeah. No, I you know, I haven't uh gone to MedMen, uh, which is like the the big attempt at, you know, they want to be like the Apple store of, of pot shops. And there's a place down the street from the MedMen in Santa Monica where I, I regularly go for COVID tests due to work. And I walk by there and it just, I don't know, it, it lacks the, like the personality of of the shops that I I do go to, mm-hmm. but it's I I think yeah I'm I'm a little concerned uh, about the the conservatives like getting into weed culture, partially because you know that they ruin everything, but also it's you know it's like I tell people like I smoke but it isn't my life or my lifestyle you know I'm not like oh hey it's 420 fest you know or even like this year, 420, I was working. You know, it's like, eh, was, what, am I going to stay home and smoke weed all day? No, I can do that any day. Yeah. I'm a grown-up. It's- now, those people, I mean, everybody who celebrates 420 like that is either under 23 or over 60. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I... The one thing I do enjoy about 420 is all the sales. Um, But it's it's funny. I was like going over some old material and I think it was six years ago. Easter fell on April 20th. So there were a lot of jokes about the confluence of the, the two holidays. And one of my observations was that Easter is better than 420 because on Easter, all the candy is half price. (laughs) <laughs> Easter Monday, four twenty one. Shit's still the same price it was before it went on sale for four twenty. So, well, it's just it's also just a violation of some of the principles. I I think I and this is controversial, but I really think that moneyed white people in general are ruining weed mm-hmm. because there is no longer a countercultural. Uh, component to it. It is merely I know that when speakeasies were about to be uh, brought back, there was there were moneyed people in the 20s who bought up all the spaces that used to be these underground speakeasies and turned them into bars and they had their licenses as quick as a bunny so that when the, when the new law came in, they could take advantage of what was an illegal act. They're the first to take advantage of it being legal. I know I literally know a black guy who owns a pot shop and I'm telling you 10 miles, 10, a square, 20 miles in any direction. You won't find another one. And it's just sad because it's like all these brothers locked up for this goofy shit. And now it's finally legal. And they just make a new apartheid to where you can't make money off this formerly criminalized thing. And that part is the part that is, I, I don't give a damn what your politics are. If you come in with your with a Birkenstocks and a and a five hundred dollar handbag for your woman, and you and you voted you'd vote for Obama three times if you could, and all that shit. 
and and you buy a you know what I'm saying, and you buy a, a pot shop, and you're at the forefront of making all the money off of it, and you don't even have any black employees and stuff. It's just like, geez, Louise, it's just another form of like segregation, appropriation. You know, it, it just it's a lot. So I just really wish that they would decriminalize and demystify and de the, the all of the proceeds for having a legal pot distributor more republicans qualify in that manner than democrats at this point and going forward well i know well if, they, if they're going to let i mean because you know ed if you let you know uh you know locking up people for pot and crap was such a big business for the prison system you know corrections everything if you let them out which they should be let out you know um mm-hmm. You know, because now that's what this whole reform thing is about. You know, you can get a degree in jail, you know, although there mm-hmm. are people going to jail who have degrees, you know, <laughs> but you can get a degree if you are in, you can get an education. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was part of the reform. You, you, you're going to have to let them out. You can't keep a guy in jail. Like if you're in Texas and Georgia, they're still locking brothers up for give you 25 years for a bag of weed. That's your ass. You don't even want to be down there for that. I mean, you can anything, but. Other places, they're, they're, they get it. Mm-hmm. They're starting to understand it. You know, it's that other stuff that they because they haven't been able to control the drug trade anyway. You know, so you might as well make the stuff off the, the health of that fentanyl and all the all that other crap that they're doing. That they can keep them locked up for. But <laughs> let them out. Yeah. Well, fentanyl seems like it's just the devil. I don't understand why it's even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it seems like no, nobody survived more than two doses of fentanyl. Well, Prince I mean, had it, enough. They said Prince had enough in his body that would kill an elephant. Like, dude, yeah. how much? How much pain were you in? I mean, yeah. he, spent, he spent forty years dancing in high heel shoes. It was probably quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, but there. That I mean, the thing is, fentanyl does have a legitimate medical use. I mean, as do a lot of drugs that, you know, people use recreationally, but that is, you know, it's, there are things like, there's a reason that it is for medical and not for recreation. Like, I I know it's a personal choice, but there there are plenty of other things that'll just knock my ass out. I don't need fentanyl. It's like, if you're taking drugs, <laughs> don't you want to be awake to enjoy them? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of indie constraints that work a lot better than goddamn fentanyl. Oh, dude. Shit. It's, uh, I believe it was, uh, well, I know, I don't know if he invented the term, but uh, comedian Ron Schock uh, was the first person I heard use the term polio weed, which was <laughs> the, the weed that's so strong your legs stop working. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, there's. There are plenty of options without getting into the deadly stuff, you know? Uh, so, so I think that's our, our community service, public service announcement portion of the show. Hey, kids, mm-hmm. don't do the deadly drugs, just the fun ones. Yeah. Well, one of the other big stories in the news this week, shifting gears, although uh, I believe weed is legal or they're trying to make it legal there, but uh, a lot of people talking this week and the house advanced a bill that will give statehood to Washington, DC. 
Uh, which, of course, the conservatives are opposed to because, you know, it's a good idea. Um, <laughs> it, they don't want it because it, what is what is D.C.? D.C. is the, that's why they call it the chocolate city. <laughs> so you don't want the chocolate city to be number 51. Bring them on down. Mm-hmm. We don't, no, no, no. Well, you know, I think we should we should Same play at their Puerto games. Rico. That's why they're never going to get it. Right. Well, and like we were talking earlier about how the the Republicans may be trying to game us. They may be actually stupid enough to believe things like, well, how come you complain about Sarah Palin if you're pro-women? So using that logic against them, I I think if they are complaining about efforts to make Washington, D.C. and and Puerto Rico the 51st and 52nd states, then we should address their concerns and add into the bill to make D.C. a state uh, is we'll start with the Dakotas, combine the Dakotas north and south into one state and then washington dc will be the 50th state we'll be the 51st puerto rico we combine the virginias easy peasy that way 50 states nobody has to change the flags you know it's i because i think that's going to be their next line of of defense of you know voting against statehood is do you realize how many people are going to have to buy new flags if we add another state well i just think they're like the cotton industry would be against that because they would love for flags i think honestly i think these days and i I would have to look this up on on the Google, but I believe I read uh, several years ago that the majority of American flags are manufactured in China. So <laughs> it's probably true. You know, I have to Google it, but, but it's true. Let's add a state. Bring bring flag making back to America. Textiles, union jobs. Let's do it. Let's build back better. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. They they'd find some way to to, to tax the color red. The guy we got <laughs> we got to tax the color red, so only a certain group of rich uh, people making flags can. It's, it's you couldn't have a mom and pop flag business and regulate you out of the business. It's it's ruinous. But yeah, I the, the the statehood thing. There's an obvious reason why they don't want that to be a state because of you know the constituency that they would have to kowtow to to use their terms. Well, they're they're uh, now but, using. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, Tom Cotton, who was trying to explain that Washington D.C. would not be a what were his words? Uh, well-rounded. Uh, basically, you know, it was yeah, like we're we're coming up with new code words so we don't have to say white. And one of the representatives called him out on it. And I've never heard so many words uh, used to say the word white. <laughs> and it's always, it's again, a, 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 an all white community. Well, they're diverse. There's Irish, there's Catholic, <laughs> there's Protestant. I mean, Jesus, these are really diverse neighborhoods. But you get a bunch of Puerto Ricans and blacks that all think the same way. That's not, that's not diverse enough for me, buddy. You know, so I, there's there's always that talk. I just think it's funny that like, uh, it, it, I I love the fact that Republicans' fallback situation right now is 
please, for the love of God, limit the number of people and the type of people that can vote. Because that's the only way we can maintain our power. That's sad. That's super sad. Yeah, but, you know, that's that's what they're going with. And it's like like time and often says, the, the pandemic in the Trump years revealed a lot of stuff. It brought a lot of stuff out into the open. And I always like to counter with, well, what are we going to do about it? Now that we see it, you know, it's it's the whole... Everything happens for a reason. Well, we know the reason now. What are we doing? And the the one thing that the the Trump years sort of gifted to the Republican Party is that they now feel free to say the quiet part out loud. That you know that now they they well, I mean they've always complained about oh how come I'm supposed to be held accountable for the things I say and believe. I don't know, because human society kind of thing. But that the, the the voter suppression, the attempt to prevent uh, Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico from becoming states, it, it is all largely based in, in racism. It, oh, of course. Not Everything largely, racism. but, you know, largely. I mean, I would say, the yeah. polite way of saying entirely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Dave. You know that that um, they don't want to. They don't want you using that word racism or say that there's ra- that's tied up in racism. But yeah, you know, I, I had a conversation last night, and the guy said, "Why is everything so connected to racism?" I said, "Because you, if if you want to know about your your country, if you start digging, you're going to find racism. It's all connected. No one's just pulling us out of our butts." Everything is connected. White supremacy, everything. You're the, the laws. But you guys don't want to read. You don't want to pay attention. You just like the way things are. And then when people call you on it, you get upset because you're saying someone, it's the media or someone's trying to blame you for something. No, we just want you to know the truth and to acknowledge it. And if you can do that, then you, you know, a lot of the shit would go away. A lot of it would have went away a long time ago. If you acknowledge what went down and put put it in our schools and quit lying, see that's it's the the last two parts because I was talking to someone about the the Derek Chauvin ver- verdict, and and they're like, well, you know, cops cops are on warning now, like now they know they're they're going to be held accountable, and and I'm thinking like, no, the the Derek Chauvin verdict is not going to stop cops from murdering unarmed black people any more than John Wayne Gacy getting the chair stopped Jeffrey Dahmer from eating motherfuckers. <laughs> it's it's a nice idea. <laughs> it it just it it doesn't happen, you know? It's the the death penalty of which I I would be a fan if the justice system wasn't rigged. You know, if if was if the justice system was based in finding truth and rehabilitating those who can be rehabilitated and killing those who can't, that'd be fine. But the just it's the the system is flawed from the get go. So we're killing a lot of innocent people, and I guess the police figure it's their job to save the courts some time, so they're just killing them in the streets. Well, I mean, one one thing I I can I. And I just say this thing, there has been this talking point that I've used myself that 
the police started as slave catchers, so why would you think that they're anything else in the modern time? And I do agree with that point. And then, but then conservative people come out and be like, I love their disingenuous arguments because I was reading some conservative who will not be named who said, you guys call in police places, uh, slavery is, is telling on yourself because slave catchers were catching people who were innocent and prosecuting them. And cops are there to prosecute guilty people. And I'm like, that's where you're fucking up. Because if it was about going to wherever any guilty person was mm-hmm. and giving a one-size-fits-all for the crime treatment to people, I don't think anybody would have problems with cops. But the fact that you post up where everybody is young and, and dark and has a backpack on and just pick from that group over and over again right. is the problem. If you posted up in, in Wilsleyan University and tapped every third student on the shoulder and, and found weed in their bag and <laughs> gave them some goofy mark on their permanent record and find them, these students that could actually pay your goofy fines. Well, that, not just I, find I them, know, but I'm beat the shit enough. out of them. And, yeah, you no, know? I'm just fascist enough to be down with that. If you were gonna, if you're going to be shitty and police everybody uh, in, a, in a goofy way and get your, get your rocks off getting money from them to pay for your stuff, I don't know, but I just think, why are we disproportionately paying the bill for your stuff? Why are we disproportionately targeted with this, I'll give him a fine that I know he can't pay, then send his warrant to some place he's not at, so that I can always have this continuous group of people that are arrestable as fuck in society. Right, I mean, and you know, uh, Ed, to, to piggyback on that, it's like, I was talking to him about parole. I mean, that's why they call it the new Jim Crow. You get out of, I mean, I don't care if you're in Baltimore or L.A. When you get out, you can't, you know, you got to get new ID. Mm-hmm. You can't vote. You can't, uh, uh, you know, you got to, it's hard finding a job, especially if you're a felon. You know, you know th- th- mm-hmm. that whole rehabilitation thing has never worked. I mean, it costs 275 grand to lock up a juvenile. Just one juvenile will cost you $275,000. They do not have the, mm. um, you know, the monies. But you're spending more money in locking up a juvenile than you are educating him, because mm-hmm. you would put. I always tell them, I just tell the kids, if you guys com- stop committing crimes, you would put, basically, put the police department out of business, and they would just go to walking around the streets. They really wouldn't be bothering people. They'd be handing out maybe parking tickets. But the fact that you guys just keep going out getting buck wild shooting everybody and you and you can't shoot really well anyway and you got you know guys stealing like that jackass who stole the 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 battalion chief's uh 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 was that the uh fire department truck and went on a joyride <laughs> who the fuck steals a fire department why are you still do you do you really want to go to jail did you actually think you could get away with stealing a fire truck? By the way, it's, I, at this point, I just want a brief tangent on, on video games. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people blame video games for violence and stuff like this. But I think it's largely because people look at video games incorrectly. Like, stealing a fire truck, one of my favorite things to do in Grand Theft Auto. However... 
The reason I do shit like that in Grand Theft Auto is because I cannot do it out on the streets. I cannot drive my car into buildings and run over people. Although I, I guess now if I want to run over groups of people, I could go to uh, Florida, uh, Iowa. Mm-hmm. and Orange County. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, California, it's still not legal. You know, it's just acceptable. Uh, we'll we'll get you off on that. But uh, yeah, they're they're passing laws in in uh, Iowa. I think this week that makes it legal to run your car through a group of protesters if you disagree with them. So there, yeah, I know it's nuts. So there's stuff that you you do in video games because you cannot do it on the streets. So do not try and do it on the streets. You want to steal a fire truck? GTA Four. There's been studies done that say that people get the same level of satisfaction of committing violence in a video game that they do doing it in real life. And that if you have violent tendencies, one of the best ways to give yourself an outlet is to play a violent video game. It will lessen that urge for you to want to do it in person for real in real life. There have been like multiple. I I think none of the studies have really been done fully, but there have been a lot of like preliminary studies done that basically have drawn that preliminary conclusion Yeah, that basically it like, it makes sense that if, you know, and like my brother, when he first got home from overseas, cause he, he was in the Marines for, um, total, he was in for about 18, almost 19 years, but he was overseas for about 11 of those years. And when he first came home and, and especially after he retired, but even between tours, he would always come home and he would play call of duty and battlefield and then like and then for like the first couple of months and then it would just slowly like dissipate but it was like a way for him to like get that out of his system mm-hmm. yeah and, and he still plays and now he does i mean he plays it sometimes but he doesn't play it nearly as much as he used to um he switched back to what he played back when he was in his early 20s and when he was a teenager which is like john madden but <laughs> you know what we need, you know we need to do you know what we need to do we need to get Republicans some goddamn video games. Like <laughs> you could be a racist cop in this video game. <laughs> yeah. Just go beat up everybody willy nilly and get it out your damn system. But then when you go out in the real world, be like, "Hello, sir." Or oh, you know, just, or when, or Karen the video game where you can go to a <laughs> you can go you can go to a Domino's Pizza and berate a you, Mexican you, cashier. You work your well, you work your way up through all the minority employees until you yeah. get to the boss level where you actually have to speak to the manager yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah speaking to the manager is the final level the manager is a black lady that you have to convince that you are oppressed and you're just like pushing the x button and the y button and you just try <laughs> yeah dude that's the money right there and then oh and you get extra points if you take your mask off while you do it like, oh damn you're going for the double yeah, if you play in pandemic mode then you get points if you take your mask off <laughs> Uh, I, I, I want to go back the, to, to something Ed was saying, I, you know, as long as we're talking uh, video games and, and violent cops, uh, when, when you're uh, the, the conservative who shall not be named said that the, the police are just there to, to prosecute the guilty. It's, I, I didn't want to interrupt then because, you know, you're still making your point, but it's like, no, this is not judge dread the, the, you know, <laughs> yep. that we do still, you know, ostensibly have the presumption of innocence uh, before being proven guilty, which is not, you know, just for police officers and, 
you know, entitled white people. Uh, but it, not all entitled, you know, I mean, really anyone entitled. Uh, I, I think Lori Laughlin and uh, Massimo Giannulli are going to be fine. They're going to be able to find jobs after uh, after their <laughs> jail ordeals. But yeah, I think it it's that idea that you know it's it's sort of the the judge dreadification of the police that they are the the judge, jury, and executioner. Well, can I just speak on that point really, really quickly? I just think that that entered our society in the in the seventies and eighties when when you know liberalism started taking over the actual media uh, to to in regards to talking points, at least if not policy. And then so people felt that they were being that, hey, I, I can't just openly hate people on the news anymore. Ah, I got to get my fix somewhere. So here comes Dirty Harry coming down the pike. And boy, he's ready. He's ready for you to hate all the undesirables and all this kind of stuff. And then the eight and then the further into the 80s, there was all this. The cops are every in every 80s movie. The establishment is saying that people have rights. The cops is saying rights are interfering with my ability to pro- prosecute. And all the fans are like, yeah. Clint Eastwood can't be wrong. Mel Gibson can't be wrong. And so mm-hmm. we bre- we bred this uh, this this hero cop judge jury executioner thing for like at least 30 40 years and that now we're trying true. to like detox from it and and discover that oh there's all these things that real cops deal with that Dirty Harry doesn't have to deal with. Let's acknowledge mm-hmm. that. And let's also acknowledge that real cops trying to play it like Dirty Harry don't make the same uh right judgments as dirty harry dirty harry always gets his man you notice how there ain't never a dirty harry movie where the bullet goes and goes past the the hostage's shoulder and kills some innocent person <laughs> there's there's never that episode like dirty harry having to deal with with uh going to, to going to trial <laughs> that's never <laughs> this never happened yeah we so don't see we don't see dirty harry having to rehash his police report <laughs> yeah there's there's not so much paperwork in those movies no yeah so i just think we're trying to detox from that from that from that indoctrination in regards to law enforcement. And it's it's just really, it's really sad that, we, again, we have to tell people that cops shouldn't work like they do in motion pictures. The fact that that has to be a thing we say to our society, again, I don't understand this obfuscation of the line between reality and entertainment. I literally really don't. And I think it's it, it's indicative of, like, something wrong with our brains. I I have no argument uh, <laughs> for that. I think the the whole idea of reality TV also has has played into this idea that, you know, in the, the confluence of reality TV and social media where everyone is trying to, you know, quote unquote, present their best life. And for me, like, you know, I, I don't tell anyone, you know, how to use or not to use social media except for, you know, spreading lies and propaganda. Those, those are solidly (laughs) in the don't do that column. But, uh, I, years ago, um, went out to lunch with a girl who we grew up in the same neighborhood, went, went to, uh, you know, like grammar school through high school together. And, uh, she had moved to LA. And so we were going out to lunch and picked her up. We're driving. And she, she was complaining that I, I do Facebook wrong. Like, what, <laughs> what, what do you mean I'm, I'm doing it wrong? She goes, all you do is you just post jokes and information on shows that you're doing. How is anyone supposed to know anything about 
you and what you're doing with your life. And I, I turned around like, I don't know, they could go out to lunch with me. <laughs> you know, it, it's the whole idea. There, there, there are a lot of like, they're, they're tools that become bad in the wrong hands. You know, like Ed, you were saying, you know, you coming from Missouri, you used to go hunting. You like guns. It, you know what? I, I, I will say it is fun to go to the range and shoot guns. It, it is a, it is mm-hmm. a good time. It's even better when you can actually hit things with them. Uh, but it, there, there is an energy to it and, and that's all great. And you got to compartmentalize and you do that there. Like I think reality shows, which present a, a false version of life as reality. It, it, creates like i mean they're not false aspirations but it's it's creating a desire in people to think the impossible is achievable and it's like no real cops cannot be like movie cops you cannot live like a kardashian the kardashians in real life do not live as depicted on the show i mean yeah a lot of it but there's selective editing and there's scripting there's a lot of other shit that goes into it and you know so if you are dumb enough to believe that reality shows are real that pro wrestling is real that you know uh, uh influencers and and their facebook uh well i guess influencers are too young to be on facebook now because it's just all us old people uh but <laughs> you know on on the social media platforms it's like you are being sold uh, an ideal version of something and it's not reality it's you know it's idealized it's edited a lot of times it's scripted this is not it's not real like so it's nice to aspire to something close to that but you know get back to reality everyone every kid is not going to be famous oh no you know uh your tiktok videos are not all going to go viral (laughs) (laughs) hey like it subscribe (laughs) i mean that's you know do things because you love doing them. The The whole idea of, I want to be famous. Famous for doing what? I got to do something now? I just want to be famous. It it does work like that, apparently, but, it you know, maybe it shouldn't. Maybe there's something wrong with this. And that concludes, well, for now, my get off my lawn <laughs> portion of this show. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Be more liberal and get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, just do it somewhere else. I'm a nymphy, not in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> and I can I can you're say that because I don't have a backyard. <laughs> uh, you're a nymphomaniac. <laughs> well, that's a that's another issue for another show and another time. <laughs> Um, no, but I think, uh, yeah, me, me bitching about the youngs is probably, uh, a good sign that, uh, it's, it's time to wrap up the show for this week. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, uh, one of the other stories before we get out of here, because we were, uh, ostensibly talking about the, uh, the Chauvin trial, uh, sentencing is going to be held in June 
and um the the trial of the the other three cops the co-conspirators uh those those are coming up uh, i think next month i think so so uh, yeah yes they come in august august okay oh, yeah. So, um, hey, well, that'll be interesting. Uh, see what happens to them in light of uh, the sentencing. So, you know, stay tuned. Story, it, the, the chapter is over, but there's still plenty more book to be read here. Yeah. So, uh, what? Go. I'm sorry, go on, Clee. I'm just, the show thing, like, I was happy on the day, and, and then I'm like, we still have sentencing, though. Yeah, and- well, it's, you know what? It's like winning a, a championship, you know. It's like that's that's great. We did a good job this season, but we, you know, we got to get the team in shape to play next season. And <laughs> you know, there's there's preseason games we're we're gonna have to play too. Um, so yeah, it's hopefully more police will will take this as you're on notice. Uh, I'll believe that when I see it, but it is, uh, it is the, the false reality that I am going to choose to aspire to live in. How well, about I that? Think, I, think, I just I tied overall, everything up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, I think overall it might be uh, a landmark, but landmarks don't make you go the whole journey. Landmarks are there to help you on the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we we just successfully visited the largest ball of twine, <laughs> but yeah. still got another thousand miles on the road trip. So mm-hmm. go yeah, to the bathroom and get sure. back in the car. <laughs> so you got, and, we're, and we're not stopping until we get to Boise. <laughs> <laughs> Although if we do pass a flying J truck stop, they usually have like a pretty good cassette selection in the dollar bin. So <laughs> maybe we'll stop. Yeah, we'll, need, we'll see how much gas we need at that point. Hey, I, I need one of those singing basses and a couple Conway Twitties. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us, let us get back on, on the road of life. And uh, I want to thank you guys for, uh, for joining this small portion of the trip. Uh, always a blast to have you guys on. And so I want to thank you uh, genuinely. It's uh, it, it's so great to see you guys. And uh, I look forward to our pleasure. Yeah. Well, I look forward to having Even you though- guys uh, here in the studio and, uh, and we will, uh, I will hopefully delight you with baked goods. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. You know, the, the inaugural welcome back. So thank you uh, for being with us today. Ed Greer, uh, should you so desire, where can people keep up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Oh, heck yeah. Well, I run the Greatest Pod Patreon, and it is uh, me and a collection of friends uh, kind of talking the way we're doing right here, but about comic books and movies and, and just insights therein and in regards to media. So great at the Greatest Pod Patreon. If you go on Patreon and you put in uh, Patreon forward slash the Greatest Pod You'll come to our page, and if you like what I do and what I say and my point of view, you can support me there. Uh, at Ed Greer Destroys on Twitter and Instagram. I just drew a dope-ass picture of Godzilla on there that you should <laughs> check out. And last but not least, uh, Reboot It is my YouTube channel. Reboot It. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can look it up on YouTube by just putting in Reboot It Ed Greer, and you'll be able to find it through the algorithm. And basically, just me and my friends rebooting movie franchises. This week, we, Last week, we took on 
X-Men. It's a tremendously popular episode. We rebooted the entire franchise as a Disney Plus show. <laughs> and uh, uh, t- this week, we're taking on the Terminator franchise, the most tired franchise in the history of the world. And we, <laughs> and we're rebooting it. So we're, we're nuts. We have a lot of hubris, but we do a good job, I think. And it's quite entertaining watch, even if you don't agree with our pitches. So that's what I got for you. And thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Right on. No, always a pleasure. And yeah, like uh, even outside of the show, looking forward to, to seeing you guys in person. And the other part of you guys, of course, Clee Wiggins, thank you so much for being here with us today. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, just follow me online on Twitter at Clee the Pimp. Oh, no, I'm actually not Clee the Pimp anymore. I'm just Clee Wiggins on Twitter and Clee Wiggins SF on Instagram. Uh, you can look for me. I compete in the movie trivia showdown on Teen Corruption. So you can find me. I have a couple of matches coming up in the next month or so. And yeah. That's probably where I'm going to be at. Right on. Well, and definitely check out the the social media because Clee <laughs> makes some fucking amazing food that yeah. post pictures of. You made wings for Ed that I I was mm-hmm. drooling just looking at my phone. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being with us and uh, looking forward to the next time already. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure to have you with us sir should you so desire where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days weeks and months uh time and ship at twitter time and ship at instagram time and ship at facebook you can get my book my east st louis on amazon.com as well as my cd universal brothers on itunes and um cd baby and spotify Right on. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, kids, you know, we are uh, we are six months away from the uh, the big holiday seasons, but never too early to buy gifts for those. Yeah, you I actually love. just bought two books for two little kids I know in my life. They're like two, two, about to be three in the summer. Um, two separate kids. Uh, one is my cousin's kid and the other one is a friend of ours kid. But I found this book called Hookers and Blow Save Christmas, and it's literally a children's book, but it's got jokes in it for adults. <laughs> I had to buy them, so they'll be here in a couple of days. I got to read them first. Yeah. But yeah. I, I look forward I'm, to But I'm going to give the to I'm saving it for Christmas. Right on. So well, like, I found these, so like, I got to buy these right now. <laughs> nice. So uh, Hookers and Blow for Christmas and uh, My East St. Louis by Time and Ship. It's a, uh, it's a perfect one-two gift pack. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyman, thank you as always for for being here. Looking forward to seeing you next week uh, here on the show. Me, I'm Doctor David Robinson. You can catch me on the socials on the Facebook. I'm Doctor David Robinson on Twitter. I am at Stand Up Fall Down. And this coming Wednesday, uh, not just Joe Biden's uh, joint address to Congress also known as the State of the Union speech when it's not the first year of someone's presidency, but he's doing that on Wednesday. And I believe right after that happens, or or possibly right before, or maybe in the middle, but hopefully we're we're not counter-programming, I'm going to be a a contestant on your favorite game shows, uh, which is uh, sort of a, a collection of game shows hosted by Paul Goebel. 
gets a bunch of comedians to compete. We're doing, um, you know, it's the Price is Right match game. Uh, I think there's some Name That Tune in there. It's yeah. it's like just sort of getting to play snippets, comedians playing snippets of your favorite game shows, which is why they call it that. So I will, uh, I'll share the info on the Twitch for that, but that's going to be happening for me this Wednesday night and hopefully for you. So uh, again, Dr. David Robinson on the Facebook, stand up, fall down on the Twitter. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on facebook all spelled out let's be treasonable and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the e's and pass the savings on to you the listener speaking of you the listener want to thank you for listening if you liked what you heard tell everyone you know rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening even the platforms where you're not if you have the time and the inclination sure would be fun we would appreciate it if you didn't like what you heard not sure why you're still listening but uh, we do appreciate the fact that you are anyway make a deal you don't tell anyone we don't tell anyone everybody's happy speaking of everybody happy let's get out there in the world and be happy and make it a happy place for other happy people right something i don't know whatever <laughs> We will be back next week in one form or another. Hopefully you will too. Until then, goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>